Hello, hello, my above average tribe, and welcome back to the A Minus Life podcast. I am your host, Casey Jericho. And once again, I am so happy to have you here listening, and I hope we can laugh, learn, and grow together. Before I get into the topic for this week, I want to remind you guys that every review, like, share is so appreciated and really helps me and this channel out. So if you're not too busy while listening to this, it would be very appreciated if you could subscribe to this podcast or my YouTube channel, leave a rating, uh, leave a raving review on either platform. Also, please share with family, friends, even mortal enemies. I want to uh, also remind you guys that even though I have turned into a professional podcaster, my true love is my one-on-one lifestyle coaching company and our lifestyle app. If you are ready to make some sustainable and enjoyable change and learn what feeling good actually feels like, please click on the link in our show notes, on my Instagram, or on my website and join the team. You can use code A-LIFE10, spell out minus, to get 10% off any package you choose as a thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And now that my lovely spiel is over, let's keep showing up and get into it. Hello. Okay, so today we are going to talk about a book called Atomic Habits, which I'm sure some of you have read. I'm sure most of you have heard of it. It is one of my favorite books, um, one of the most impactful books that I've ever read, and I just wanted to mention some things about it. On a side note, something that made me giggle the other day in bed again while I'm contemplating life, I was kind of going over what I was going to talk about, and I was saying how, okay, so today we're going to talk about, and then my brain went to that song that goes, We're going to talk about sex, baby. We're going to talk about you and me. And I just couldn't stop singing it. And until like 1.30 in the morning, that jingle was in my head. So now every time I introduce the podcast, that's what I think about. Okay, so back to normal. Um, Okay, so the book is called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it is a, I don't know if you want to call it a self-help book. Um, It definitely is. But it's nonfiction. It's amazing. Um, And this is the only book that I've read cover to cover since my kids were born about four years ago. Uh, I used to love to read and I still do like to read. It's just that finding time is slim to none. And I know if it was a priority of mine, I would make it work, but it does fall down the list of priorities. So one day, maybe in the summer when they are a little bit more self-sufficient and playing, I will get back into it if this job ever slows down, which I hope it doesn't. It is worth every single second, um, every single penny. Uh, If you want to listen to it, I would do that. I am a fan of reading things. I just think you soak in the knowledge a little bit more. But if the only option is an audiobook, then go for it. And it was one of the most eye-opening books ever. Um, I did read it at a time in my life where I kind of had my act together, right? I read it, actually, I think I read it about a year ago today. Um, So I did have two kids. Wow, I read a full book with two kids. Um, So I was, I was pretty put together, I would say, right? I, you know, married, two kids, my house, my career was kind of all 
in the works. That doesn't mean that life is running smoothly. But, you know, I wasn't a 21-year-old reading it. Um, it wasn't like trans- for, transformational for me, but more validating um, that I was kind of doing and preaching the right thing to my clients and loved ones. And not saying that one book and one person's opinions means that what I'm saying is right, but at least someone else was on the same page as me. Clearly, people agree with him. Number one bestseller. Um, so it was nice to read and to hear and to feel like, you know, other people important people, smart people, are kind of saying the same thing I am. Another thing is, you know you're reading a great book when you highlight and underline almost every single word. I always tell my students when I tell them to highlight the reading, I'm like, you can't highlight the whole entire reading. It doesn't help, right? That means you're just coloring. But then I found myself kind of doing this while reading The Atomic Habits. I'm a big note taker when I read, um, nonfiction, obviously. And every single line was like, oh, oh, oh shoot, that's good. Oh shoot, that's good. Right. I actually stopped making notes because I was literally just like copying the whole book over again. It boggles my mind how an author can make every line a mic drop. Truly impressive. Again, just stands on how great I think the book is. So with how amazing this book is, it really doesn't mean anything if you just read it right? You have to put the advice and the guidance into action. And that's a point that he makes in the book as well. Or else it's just a casual read like The Hunger Games or our juicy adult novels that we read, right? So we could have the greatest intentions of reading this and getting motivated and whatnot. But if we just stop with reading it, nothing is going to change. Um, I'm not going to summarize the book in this podcast, but I do want to talk about my five most favorite quotes And I'm not going to lie, I'm going to throw in a couple more because some quotes back up other quotes and they were just too good to keep out. But the gist is five quotes. Um, They're the ones that stuck with me the most. They gave me the biggest aha moments. And then I'm going to try and peer pressure all of you to read it. And I'm going to try even more peer pressure for you to actually put some of these things into action, right? Actually make some changes. So the first quote that I loved is... Achieving a goal only changes your life for the moment. We think we need to change our results, but the results are not the problem. What we really need to change are the systems that cause those results. Okay, so one more time. Achieving a goal only changes your life for the moment. We think we need to change our results, but the results are not the problem. What we really need to change are the systems that cause those results. So if I had to pick one quote from the whole book that like summarizes my coaching ideology or what I try and convey to my clients, this is it. Losing 20 pounds, being a size four, those are the results. Those are shit. Those actually mean nothing, right? They don't really hold much weight. It's the things we do to get those results that are the most important, the most crucial, right? We too often put 100% of our effort or focus on the goal or dream for some of us, right? Because remember, a dream is just an idea if we don't do anything. We have to differentiate between a goal and a dream first, right? So to go back on what I just said, a goal is something you want and you work for, hear that W word, work for. A dream 
is something you just want, right? I want $5 million. I don't think I'm really doing what I need to to earn that yet, right? Um, So many of us set a weight loss goal, right? It has to be the number one resolution every January, if I had to guess. And actually, if I just look this up, about 45% of people set mental health goals. <clears throat> this is so nice, but also so Gen Z of the world. Holy cold, holy moly. Yeah, I said cow and moly together. Holy coley. I kind of like that. That might be a new slogan of the A Minus Life podcast. And 39% set physical health goals with 37% focusing on weight loss and 33% wanting an improved diet. And then, of course, 30% improve finances. Obviously, that math doesn't equal 100%, but I'm pretty sure the research allowed people to pick and rate multiple goals. But obviously, what you can get from that, if you throw all the numbers out, is that the number, the most common goal surrounds itself, again, around physical and weight loss and health. So, right, moral of the story is that health is the top resolution or goal every single January 1st which is great. And I'm not knocking on that. I think that is amazing. And I'm going to do a whole podcast on resolutions next week. But it's good. I'm glad that people's number one concern is their health. And that's great. Um, Most people will actually succeed at this, which is really great. Um, Almost everyone who sets a weight loss goal will succeed in some fashion with losing the weight. That's another amazing thing. Here comes the biggest issue. 90% of people, and this has been studied multiple times, multiple research on this, right? 90% of people who lose their, some, some weight, gain it back. And this is the epidemic of obesity and weight loss and the diet culture in this country. People can lose weight. People cannot keep weight off. And that goes back to this quote, right? Here's where this quote is bingo bango. Holy coley. Everyone focuses all their attention on the goal, on the number, on the end result, and not enough about the systems in place to get them there and to maintain it, right? So your goal is to lose 10 pounds. You weigh 170, you want to weigh 160. Okay, you did it. But how did you do it? Did you crash diet? Did you do 75 hard? Was it a weight loss drug? Was it Octavia, right? Was it anything that is actually sustainable? Did you change any actual habits that will keep this goal in place forever? Or did you just speed through with blinders on to get you to that finish line? When that happens, once you cross that finish line, your worth or your destination is is here but you don't know how to stay here. And then the weight comes back, right? This is the problem with goals and goals alone. The process, the system, the steps, aka the foundation are not given enough attention or thought. And they make these goals just temporary. Blips of time where you achieve something, but then it is gone. If you ever caught yourself saying, oh yeah, it worked, but or something like, oh, I used to be a size four. This means you focused way too much on the goal and not the systems in place because you were 
but you let it go. Probably because how you got there wasn't sustainable. If you picked a way that was good for your lifestyle, it would still be working or you would still be a size four, right? And that's the issue. It's not that the wet you you let yourself down or, you know, you threw the white flag and you quit. I mean, in a sense, I guess you did stop, but what you were picking was not sustainable. No one could have done that forever. And if they did, they'd be miserable. So we need to slow down, focus on the how, right? Make sure the roadmap to our goal is sustainable and realistic. And the goal will not only happen, but it will stay around and it'll stick around for more than two months. And you may have a longer period without having to reset the same goal over and over. So I'm already adding in another quote, right? So there's there's two more quotes that kind of piggyback off this original one, but they're too good to pass up. So the next one is, and I love this one so much, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. So if you set the most amazing goal for 2024, you're not all of a sudden going to just like change your whole life personality and habits because you set that goal. It doesn't just happen like that, right? If I said in 2024, I want to be an astronaut, I don't all of a sudden like start researching science, apply to NASA, go back to school. Like that doesn't just happen, right? You fall to the level of your systems. If my systems, if my habits don't change, I'm not going to, it's not going to happen, right? So setting these amazing lofty goals does not change you. It's the systems you put in place, right? No one becomes instantly great because they set this amazing goal, right? No one has ever become president just because they said, I want to be president. They worked, they implemented a system, they implemented habits and steps to get them there. Setting the goal or the end result really should be like the last step. I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to get a 4.0. I'm going to apply to internships, all this, all this. I actually have no idea how you become president, but I'm assuming you have to do that. And then you can set a goal that supports those systems. Okay. And then the next quote that I really love that backs this up. I don't even know if it backs it up, but I want to put this quote in here somewhere. So here it is. Winners and losers have the same goals. I love this one. The athlete in me loves this one. The coach in me loves this one. Everything about me loves this one. Um, No one starts a game wanting to lose, right? Unless you are the Chicago White Sox in the 60s and you bet against yourself. You want to win. Everyone wants to win. Even if they know they're the underdog, they still want to win. Even if they hate their team, they individually probably want to win, right? So no one starts off wanting to fail. That's a little ridiculous. It's the team that had the better systems, habits, and plan that comes out on top. The difference between winners and losers isn't who wanted it more. I actually hate that quote. Like, who wants it more? Like, that's not really true. Like, You could have a group of hooligans who really want it, but they didn't practice once in six months and they're not going to win. They both want it. The difference is between the team who created the best and most sustainable system to get them to their goal of winning. 
who created the best game plan, who had worked hardest in the past six months and most efficiently. Everyone wants to be fit, healthy, attractive, right? I don't think anyone signs up and says like, I want to be morbidly obese. I want to be out of breath when I go up the stairs. I don't want to be able to play with my kids on the ground because I'm tired. That's that's ridiculous. I don't think anyone purposely is doing this. But the people that took the time to create, modify, assess, adjust their system to get them to that health and fitness, those are the ones that are there. And those are the ones that are going to sustain it. All right. So those three, I guess we could say, were goal-oriented. The second quote, aka the fourth one, every action you take is a vote for the person you wish to become. I'll repeat. Every action you take is a vote for the person you wish to become. Everyone who knows me knows that I am very big on choices and probably to a point where it gets annoying for people, but whatever, I'm me. Any good coach should be a little bit annoying, right? Because they say the stuff you don't want to hear. Everything you do, for the most part, is a choice. Everything, right? That's one of the best things about human life, right? Free will. And if something happens to you out of your control, you do have a choice on how you react and respond. So I'm not saying every single thing in your life you chose. There are, of course, things that are dealt to you that you had nothing, no say in, right? Usually pretty shitty things. But you do have a choice on how you react to that, right? Like my friend Ashley, breast cancer at age, you know, young 30s. She didn't choose that, right? But every choice she made after that diagnosis set her up for just unbelievable transformation, success, respect on my end. She chose to not wallow and she chose to do everything she could to kick cancer's ass and come back stronger, right? She didn't choose breast cancer, but she did everything in her power to make the choices after that to set herself up. Life is about priorities and the choices. It's very rare that someone actually forces you to do something. Yes, of course it happens. Again, usually it's pretty shitty. Um, But it's not common, right? There may be peer pressure and family pressure and all that, but no one actually forces you to do something. They may threaten. They may give you ultimatums. But again, that's not force. We have to realize what force really means. Someone being upset with you because of a choice you make is not force. Someone peer pressuring you and you caving in is not force. Someone making you feel guilty or like you're missing out is not force. Force is where your free will is actually taken away from you. So every choice you make is a step in forming the identity you want, who you are and what you want to become. If you want to become more healthy, take action and steps to shape that identity. Start waking up early to go for a walk. Labeling yourself not a morning person, you are choosing to label yourself that. Balance your plate around protein. I don't really like chicken. Okay, well, you're an adult. Figure it out. Pick another protein or suck it up. 
skip out on happy hours, right? We don't need to drink on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays. But my friends really want me there. Okay. You can say no or you don't have to drink. This is a choice you're making. Just because your friends want you there, they are not forcing you there. Even if your friends literally tied you to them and brought you there, they're not waterboarding you booze. So again, that's a choice. You're choosing your friend's happiness or the way your friends view you over the goal of being more healthy. Prioritize sleep. But I really want to watch Netflix or, you know, my husband really loves alone time with me at night when we watch TV. My kids really like this, right? Again, these are all choices. Just because other people are involved and you feel like you have to give people what they want, no one to point the finger at besides yourself, right? Every choice, no matter how small, adds up to who you are going to be, how people are going to view you, and what your identity is. Are you someone who prioritizes their health and fitness through all stages of your life? All stages. The busy stage, the slow stage, the kids sick stage, the holiday stage, the summer stage, right? All stages, not just when it's convenient. Are you a fad dieter that jumps on the latest bandwagon for quick success, right? Are you the first person people think of when a new diet comes out? Like, oh, I bet Joy tried that one. Or, you know, oh, you see this new pill? I bet Karen's on that one, right? Is that who they think of? Are you someone who complains about their health and appearance but won't do the work to change it? We all have a group of friends like that. Unfortunately, we all have more than one, right? The people that constantly complain about not fitting in their jeans, their their arm that jiggles when they wave, or the fact that they can't wear a bathing suit, right? Constant, constant black cloud of complaining, but yet they won't even go for a walk. They won't skip out on drinks on Friday. Can't have it one way or the other. Wait, can't have it both ways. Can't have it both ways. Sorry about that. This is the problem with one take, right? You can't bitch and complain and let other people in on your dark cloud of negativity, but then refuse to do anything about it, right? This is something that's happening a lot in our holiday challenge right now. We have, you know, over 70 people in this holiday challenge, which is great. But so many of these people are like the town complainers and they hate their bodies and they they wish they looked like they did when they were 20 and they don't fit in their jeans anymore. But yet like they won't even go for a walk. They literally blame everything else. Like, oh, I think it's supposed to drizzle. Can't walk today. I have to pick up my kid at four o'clock tonight and it's 11. So I just don't think I have enough time right? Like crazy excuses, but they're the first ones to sit around the table and complain about their bodies. So don't be that friend. Every little choice you make creates the person you are. Think about that the next time you say yes to things or no to things. So much of your life is in your control. You have to take ownership, right? One of my favorite other quotes, not from this book, is you get the life you choose and you get the life you create. And again, I know certain things are dealt to people that they did not ask for. I have some friends that have gone through some pretty horrible things that they wouldn't have asked for ever and they did nothing to deserve it. But they've all also made choices to be better, to come out better, to keep going, to keep pushing. 
And you have to handle the things that are dealt to you as best you can or you're going to crumble. All right, quote three. This one is kind of very similar to quote two. It's based on identity again, but it wraps in one of my other favorite things, habits. So quote three, your habits shape your identity and your identity shapes your habits. Repeat, your habits shape your identity and your identity shapes your habits. This quote again piggybacks off of number two, but it's a double whammy with how important taking ownership of your life and your habits are. We have to get rid of this poor me or victim me mentality, right? You're the one in the driver's seat of your life. If it's poor me, you're the one creating that. Of course, again, I'm going to repeat for the 10,000th time, there are things that we cannot control that get dealt to us. But for the most part of our lives and for most people, you are in the driver's seat 99% of the time. Show me someone's daily habits and I can pretty much tell you exactly the kind of person they are. Not saying I know their you know, inner thoughts and their traumas and whatnot, but if you show me a person's weekly schedule with everything they do, I bet you I can paint a pretty good picture of who this person is, right? If you tell me person one wakes up at 4.30 in the morning to go to the gym, they bring their meals to work all week, they wear a smartwatch for steps accountability, they carry around a water bottle, I'm going to assume, and it's okay to assume sometimes because that's how people make judgments with you know, obviously credited background knowledge, they're probably going to be in good physical shape. They're going to be pretty clear-headed, patient. They're going to have some pretty good energy. They may have stress in their life, but they're going to, you know, be mediocre with how to dealing with it. They're not out of their mind stressed. I don't think they would label themselves with high anxiety, right? They're calmer. Other parts of their life are probably pretty organized. They're probably pretty organized at work, organized at home. And they probably get shit done without much noise. Now, I may be wrong here and there. Maybe this person does these things with a home, they're batshit crazy. But if I was to bet, I'm not a betting person, but I would guess that they would be more like that first synopsis. Pretty fit, calm, low stress, organized, good energy, you know, a pretty level-headed, successful person. Now, show me someone who presses snooze three times before they wake up. They drink some sort of shake in the car to work. They order lunch at the office. They have a desk job where they sit for 90% of their day. Um, They sometimes will go to a workout class after work, but sometimes they forget their clothes, so they just go home. They do takeout for dinner because, you know, work was so hectic. They didn't think about what to cook and it's just easier. So they do that about four nights a week. Or sometimes they just skip dinner altogether, have a glass of wine and some snacks, call it a deal. And they usually always go to at least one happy hour or outing on the weekend. Now, this person may be the nicest person in the world, Mother Teresa, but I bet you they have higher body fat. They probably complain a lot about how tired and stressed they are. They usually blame it on work and outside factors. They don't look internally. They spend a good amount of time at doctor's offices. I bet their co-pays are pretty high. And 
they're usually first online for that new fad diet or weight loss fix. Again, none of these people I'm talking about their character or kind or whatnot, but I'm pretty sure habits outline identity, right? The things you do every day, your habits shape who you are. And your identity, who you are, also reflects your habits. Change your identity, change your habits. Change your habits, change your identity. And we have to start talking like that, right? Um, I don't remember where I heard it, but we have to start saying, like, I am not a person who drinks during the week. Not like, well, I don't really like, I'm going to try and not drink during the week because I don't like, like, just own it. Say it. Make it part of your identity. Preach it out loud. Say it out loud. If friends bother you, say it. I'm not drinking during the week. I'm not that person. I don't drink Monday through Friday. I save it for one day a week and that's it. Or I am a morning person that goes to the gym. That's it. I am. Today, I am. And tomorrow, I'm going to be. And Friday, I'm going to be. Right? Start sending that out. Making yourself believe it. Right? And take a look. Write down. Put it on paper. What does your week look like with schedule? All right? And if, so, if you were to give that to a stranger, what could they form about you? And again, not saying that we have to care about what people think about us, but it would be interesting to see. Like, here's what I do Monday through Sunday. Down to pretty much every detail. If you gave that to someone who knew nothing about you, what are some things that they could pick out? Okay, quote four, all big things come from small beginnings. The seed of every habit is a single tiny decision. Repeat, all big things come from small beginnings. The seed of every habit is a single tiny decision. It's so common that people think major immediate change needs to happen or something's not working right? You're 210 pounds. You walk maybe 3000 steps a day. You drink a glass of water. You eat takeout at least once a day. Instead of looking to be a size four in two months, why don't we start with increasing our steps of 5,000 a day and drinking 24 ounces of water? We set these goals or these results that are just unbelievable, right? Like I don't speak Spanish, Okay, let's so let's say for the 2024, by June, I want to take a trip to Spain and just immerse myself in the culture, speaking fluently. Like, whoa, slow down, Sally. How about we uh, learn some basic vocab first? Right, small things are very important. These small changes aren't lame. They're not meaningless. Those are the changes that will stick. And that will compound into bigger changes that last, right? If this person walks 5,000 steps for the whole month of January every day, they're probably going to continue that. It just becomes habit and routine. They're just used to moving more. Now we move on to water, all right? For the month of February, we're going to drink 64 ounces of water every day. Guess what? In March, they're probably going to continue drinking that. They're used to it. It's habit. Their body probably loves it. So now by March, they're already up 2,000 steps more than they were. They're drinking 50 more ounces than they were. These are things that are going to be with them in five years, right? 
Setting goals too high, too fast is defeating when they don't happen. You feel like a failure. You set yourself up for failure. And then it leads you to giving up. And you don't want to do it again. You literally set yourself up to fail. Then you get upset with yourself. You label yourself a failure. When in reality, your goal was way out of reach. Start small, right? One small habit, one small change at a time. Master that habit. And then when that is routine and something you don't even think about, add another one. Keep adding these small habits until one day you look back at your journey and your lowest step day is 10,000. You're eating 160 grams of protein without even thinking about it. You go to the gym four times a week without having to really, you know, schedule and sacrifice and ugh when you go. 120 ounces of water a day is a breeze. You're thirsty. You're hydrated. Forget this scale, right? I think everyone knows what the scale says and what the appearance of this person would be, right? You're walking 10,000 steps. You eat 160 grams of protein a day. You go to the gyms four times a day. You drink 120 ounces of water. Screw your weight. I, I could guess what you're going to look like. You're probably going to be pretty fit, right? Start being excited over the smaller things, having energy, sleeping deeper, actually sleeping through the night, crushing heavier weights, watching your body composition just morph. And guess what? The scale's going to follow for most. The dream of that number, well, one, it will either happen because your habits are great, or two, your dream of that number will change because you realize the number and the lower it is does not mean you look better. All right, everyone has seen the picture of two people trying to climb a ladder, right? It's like two stick figures side by side trying to climb this really high ladder. One person is continuously jumping to the first rung. That's like 100 feet high, right? Every rung is a 100 feet increment. The next person, their ladder, every rung is like six inches. So they have like, you know, a thousand steps to the top when the other person only has 10. But guess who's actually getting there? The person that climbs six inches at a time, climbs six inches, climbs six inches, climbs six inches. The guy who's jumping to try and reach the 100 foot jump is never getting off the ground. Right? And relate that to yourself when you're thinking of goals. Start with small, attainable ones. Get some wins under your belt. Feel successful. Get proud of yourself. Create those lifelong habits, and the bigger goals will absolutely come. Right? What's the, the I think every rap song or hip hop song has something about this. Like, you have to crawl before you walk and walk before you run. You have to save $5 before you can save $1,000, before you can save a million dollars. Right? You have to walk 5,000 steps. You have to eat protein before you can lose 50 pounds. Okay. And the last quote. With the same habits, you'll end up with the same results. But with better habits, anything is possible. And now I know a lot of these quotes have to deal with habits, but I mean, shocker, the book is called Atomic Habits. Um, And this is an awesome quote, and it also goes hand in hand with the definition of insanity quote that I always say, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results equals insanity. And that is so many of us. We are actually insane. So many people wake up and do the same exact thing every day. But for some reason, think that this is the day 
this is the day it will work. Guess what? It won't. Right? They think that this next fad diet will be it. Fad diets shouldn't even have specific names anymore because they're all the same. Right? They're massive calorie cuts with insane amount of restriction. That's it. Right? They're all unsustainable and they all just slash your calories. I mean, am I wrong? Try and prove me wrong. Let's look at some. Keto. Slash your carbs. Can't eat more than 30 grams of carbs. So most people just under eat calories. They don't actually eat enough protein or fat. Shakeology. I'm pretty sure that average calorie there is like 1100. Octavia right? 800 to 1200 calories a day. And you have to like eat their food. Atkins, again, no carbs slash carbs, 75 hard, 74 workouts a day outside, inside, read books, journal, don't booze. I mean, the list of rules is 75. All these fad diets have catchy names with different claims as to why they work. They all do the same thing. They cut your calories and give you guidelines that are unsustainable. So just because you're trying a new diet, you are still doing the same thing. AK, you're still insane. Same with workout groups, right? Every fitness workout class should be just labeled cardio and weighted cardio. That's it. That's what every single little trendy boot camp is called. OTF, F45, Perry's boot camp, any, you know, fitness factory or something like that. Even the kickboxing classes, you get a high heart rate. It's constant moving, loud music, loud coaches, and different stuff every class. I just pretty much described every single one of those. So if you are an orange theory girl and you aren't loving your transformation, right? You did great the first four months and now you're on month six and nothing's changed. So you switch to F45, same thing. Right, you're an F45 person, but then you switch to Fitness Factory. Same thing, right? Try something different, right? So many of us have been on this hamster wheel since we've been 25 years old. Random crash diets with random commitment times to workout classes that give us motivation for a certain amount of time. We're excited until they don't, and then we stop because we lose motivation and we wait for the next cool thing to jump on while we're motivated for a couple months. And then we're not. And then we stop. And then we get motivated again, right? We're just following this motivation wheel. Get rid of that word, right? We seem to be too scared to actually do something new because we're comfortable in our failure or our hamster wheel. So we just continue with the same habits, but call them something different. Oh, this month I'm doing keto and F45. But, you know, six months ago I was in Orange Theory and Atkins. Guess what? You're doing the same shit. We have to take a deeper look inside and change our foundation, change the habits, go back to basics. That's why basics work. Realize true long-term change requires effort. Believe me, I wish that I could do things without work. It'd be great. If I could be the size and shape I am now and not have to do much, I would obviously pick that option, right? I don't live and breathe the gym and meal prepping. If I could be the body composition I am, and not meal prep or not go to the gym, I would pick that. But it's not possible, right? We have to put the work in. And some of this work may be new to you, and it may be scary. 
and that's okay. Being uncomfortable is not a crime. Being uncomfortable is not horrible. Being uncomfortable usually means you're growing and you're learning. Um, I usually say this to potential clients who come to me unhappy with their appearance and health and say, if you gave this a real shot, right? If you gave macro counting and strength training and coaching a real honest shot for a couple of months, what is the worst that could possibly happen? Like, why are you scared or why are you unsure to come here? Right? If it doesn't work, you're just in the same spot you were now. So nothing bad happened. What's the best that could happen? You could heal your relationship with food. You could respect yourself and love yourself more. You could lose inches. You could get strong. I mean, sign me up for that risk. Stay where I am is the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is I get my dream physique and I have a better mindset with food and movement. I mean, what is the negative? There is literally none. Plus, I get immersed in this community that is badass, right? Things you choose to not change, you're choosing to keep. And I know that's a simple sentence, but it has so much weight behind it. All right, I'll say it again. Things you choose to not change, you are choosing to keep. So if you are not putting in effort to change the things you don't like, you're actually choosing those things you don't like. Think about it in like the smallest terms, right? If I hate my coffee creamer, I hate it. If I don't go out and buy a new one, I'm actually just choosing to use the one I hate. And that's what they're saying, right? The ability to choose, once again, back to quote two, is so important. Choose to change. If you really want to, choose to change the foundation, the habits, and watch everything else fall into place. Don't fall for the next magic pill or magic method. Because in reality, guys, if those existed, if those truly worked, wouldn't every single one of us be thin and strong? I mean, if the Facebook pills and Karen Facebook groups and Long Island Moms Facebook groups, all the stuff they preach and they sell, if those actually worked, wouldn't every single one of us be slamming? If, if it was that easy, if collagen was the secret to weight loss, shit, we'd all be thin. They sell that on the shelf. All right, so just use your logic for your brain for a second. If it was really that easy, there would not be one big person. You're going to have to get uncomfortable a little bit. You're going to have to learn something new if you want change. It's inevitable. And again, you may not. You may not want to do the work. And that's also okay. But then stop complaining. It can't be both. You're choosing to not change. So stop. Lock those lips up. Move on from the wah, 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 poor me. Okay, so if you have not read this book, please pick it up, read it, listen to it on audio. And yes, you are a thousand percent going to get inspired. I don't know if it is humanly possible to read or listen to this book and not feel a little bit jacked up to change. But here's the thing. Motivation is fleeting. Motivation will disappear. The work will get hard. It's not fun, right? No one is doing a dance party while they meal prep. 
every once in a while if you got some good music on. But it's not. It's not glorious. I'm not going to sit here and be like, meal prep is the best. Eating egg white oats from September to June every single day is the best. It's not. Obviously, I want a bacon, egg, and cheese with the yolk running down my roll. But I like the results I get from the oats. So I sacrifice the food porn for how I feel and look in clothes, right? You don't have to love every single thing you put in your mouth. And if you're going to be like, well, I don't like the way oats taste. Do you like being out of breath going up two stairs to your house? Weigh it out. Can we eat the oats and maybe be able to breathe a little bit better? Motivation again is silly. I just had a client this week tell me that they're kind of losing motivation and they kind of pointed the finger at me and I get it, right? I'm there in your corner, I'm your cheerleader and maybe I wasn't reaching out as much as I should have. But at the end of the day, we're grown adults. You have to do this from your internal desire to be better, to love yourself, to change. I'm not here to motivate you every single day of your life. One, that's I would need to charge about $8,000 a month. And that's not, I, I shouldn't be the reason for your desire to change. It has to be internal. It has to be driven from you. Um, right? So we'll say one more time. Motivation will disappear. The work will get hard and it will not be as fun or new. And eventually that's where the difference is made, right? That's the fork in the road, as Robert Frost would say, and the road less traveled is the one that people actually stick with the work once the motivation and once the fun goes away. Most people quit. So if you take the road less traveled, you're going to have the lesser common body, which unfortunately is the healthier, more aesthetic, pleasing body. We know that that gets results. And there's no surprise that the people that look and feel better are the ones that don't depend on motivation and fun and they're okay with sacrifice and being uncomfortable and work. So read the book. Um, I'll link it on Amazon. I'll put it up in my stories. It's great. Give it to your kids. Everyone should read it. Uh, Whether you have any weight loss goals in mind, it can apply to anything. It can be finances. It could be just character. It can be, it can apply to anything in this world. Let me know your thoughts, your favorite quotes. Um, Two weeks till the new year, new me starts, right? So is this going to be the year of the new you or will 2025 have the same exact mantra, right? So let's actually create a system this year rather than just a resolution. And I'm going to get into that next podcast too, how to write resolutions that can hopefully benefit you more and We all know how fast time goes. Put your foot down. Give 2024 a real shot. Do something different. Different. Throw your old habits out the window. Start with small challenges and commit to a year. 365 days of doing something different, no matter how it goes, right? So if you don't like your results in two weeks, don't quit. Stick it out. We all know how fast a year goes, especially if we have kids. Years fly. One year of trying something different and being uncomfortable will not set you back. 
Like I said before, you're either going to be exactly where you left off or you're going to open up this whole new world of yours. All right, so that is my synopsis of the Atomic Habits book. Again, I can't emphasize how much I think everyone should read it. And I have a couple other books that are just as, no, I wouldn't say just as great because this one really stands out um, if anyone's into those. And again, you can listen to them. There's podcasts on them. I'm not the only person talking about them, but give it a give it a whirl. If this is the only thing you're going to do with that book, then listen to this podcast again. Listen to the quotes. Try and soak it in. And also feel free to let me know if you read this and have any other favorite quotes or the moment that it resonated with you the best. Everyone have a lovely day. And once again, please share this on your Instagram, on your Facebook, send it to your friends. I know every single one of us is in about a thousand group chats. I would appreciate a send that way. Um, Find me on Instagram at Casey Jericho. 2024 is coming. Join the crew. For the month of December, we're giving away a whole free month of coaching. No shrinks attached. Literally none. You get one month, zero dollars, zero commitment, nothing. Um, So we can show you the worth so you can immerse yourself in the community. It is our gift to you for Christmas. So you have about a week and a half left once this podcast comes out to claim a spot. We are only opening 15. We're down to 11 already. So get in there. There's literally not one string attached. Free month with us. Do it. Start it now. Make 2024 different. Change the habits. Get off the hamster wheel. Create a new identity. Okay. Have a lovely day. Like, share, comment, subscribe, all those things. Live A minus. Just keep showing up.